0: So we're in Lamentations 3, so I'd encourage you to have your Bibles or your tablets or your iPhone out or your smartphone out to follow along. We'll be jumping around in this book. We started a new series last week, Things We May Have Missed. What are some of those books that we might avoid for different reasons because they're confusing or we don't know much about them or we never hear them taught or preached on? We don't want to miss them. We want the whole counsel of God. We want to look at everything that God wanted us to have as He revealed His will, His heart, His plans in all 66 books of the canon of Scripture. So we're going to look at Lamentations. And as we said last week with Titus, how many life verses do you have out of Titus? Can you tell me anything? Hopefully, after last week, you at least tell me one thing about Titus. I can't even tell you who wrote this book. We guessed Jeremiah. But, but we're not exactly sure, but we at least have that life verse, that life verse and lamentations that all of us has held on to, as Renee reminded us this morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And it's faithfulness in a really difficult, really difficult season. Uh, maybe we avoid this book because the, the testimony of the author is, my eyes never stop crying they're always running down. This book is full of laments, obviously. This book is full of emotion. This book is full of pain. And maybe with something with this kind of heavy emotion, we just avoid it because it's just going to bring us down. I saw a comedy uh, on uh, years ago where they were talking about the five stages of grief. And this boss was trying to lead his, his, his uh, co-workers and His team through a loss that had happened, and he said, listen, there are five stages, and I hope I can get them through all five stages, denial and then anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. I hope I can get them all the way to to stage five acceptance, but if I can't, if I can get them almost all the way there, stage four, if I can get them depressed, I will have done my job. (laughs) You read this book, it's crushing what's happened to the people of God. And so maybe we've avoided this book, but it's important for us to read it. I hope you'll go through it this afternoon or through this week. To feel it and then to, as this writer makes us do in this chapter, not just say what did they do, but to own it for ourselves. So, this book, this heavy book. Listen, I grew up in the 70s, okay? I grew up with Sean Cassidy and to do Run Run. I grew up with Captain and Tennille Muskrat Love, Elton John and Crocodile Rock. This kind of poetry, it's heavy. It's cr- and really, by the way, if you'll go do some study, that's what this is. It's an acrostic based on the Hebrew al- alphabet. It's brilliant poetry to, to share a heart struggle. At one point, there is literally a funeral, a funeral dirge in this book. One commentary said... You can interpret this that at some points there are, are, are places carved out. Have a cry here. Have a cry here. Uh, this is a real struggle. And by the way, everybody cries in Scripture David, Job, Jesus. Jeremiah, just because you and I know the fullness of the Lord and the joy of the Lord, that does not free us from earthly sorrows. Here is one, we believe, who's faithful, who's about to acknowledge his sin before the Lord, trying to stay close to the Lord, but he's crushed. Look at, everything's gone. Everything is gone. As you read through this book, five things have been taken from the people of God. First, it's their city. Their city, the holy city, if you go back to chapter one, the very opening lines to this book, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. The city is gone, the holy city of God. The people are gone. Verse two says, none were left to comfort her. The people are gone. The land, the holy land, this is a land gifted to them by God. The land is gone. Their freedom is gone. But then the real the real gut punch, the temple of God is lost, where the very glory of God would reside, the presence of God uh, with the people that is lost. We've all had hurts. Many of us can testify to being on our faces before the Lord due to hurts or struggles or loss. All five like this at one time, I can't imagine that. And so what do you do with that, by the way? What does the world tell you to do with that? You just press on and let all that rage simmer underneath until that moment where you lash out? Do you just self-medicate to get through? Do you just squeeze whatever you can from this world just to kind of take the edge off so, you're, so you can press on do you just ignore things and just, just push them away? You look here in these first couple of verses in chapter 1. Now, it may be talking about bitter crying, but verse 4, certainly, when, when, we, when we hurt, we're in a tough season, bitterness can, can sneak into the believer's life. You go, down to ver, uh, go back to chapter, um, verse 3, and you see it again in 2.18 and 5.5, five, where he's saying, we just don't have any rest anybody tired we've talked about that before in the lord there is sabbath rest in the lord we shouldn't in our hearts even when things are unsettled outside of us we can have a settled heart and yet we look at our culture and it's not that way go back one verse to verse two they're just plain sad there's weeping verse two there's loneliness and no one to comfort her we see what this can produce sadly in the life of God's people when tragedy comes but when you look at what this author and it's probably Jeremiah when you look at this author what do they do go to our verses today verse 19 there are two things he does there's going to do more but it's critical he just he takes it to the lord he prays this is an individual prayer chapter 3 he takes that hurt. And sometimes when we have hurt, and, and, and whether we know if it's our fault or not, but when that hurt comes, we can just take a step back and say, God, you must not care, or I've got too many things to deal with, and we don't take it to the Lord. So many times that can be our last resort. Here in verse 19 and elsewhere, take it to the Lord's. You ju- and you see it throughout, throughout, um, uh, throughout this entire five chapters of him saying to the Lord, would you see? Would you see? This is the fifth time that we get it already in this book. Lord, would you see? I'm coming to you. Do you see? Now, on the flip side of that, and we're going to get to it in a minute, Aaron beautifully sang this morning, Open the Eyes of Our Heart. It's interesting, when you watch the eyes of the people in this book, their eyes are dim. They don't see. But still in the midst of that, with his pain and hurt, he says to the Lord over and over again, See! See! See, And by the way, when you get to the end, I think it's verse 59 and verse 60, what does the Lord do? What does Jeremiah testify to? He saw. The Lord has seen. And so the first, the first response to pain and struggle may be to, to ignore it or to step back or to let bitterness take over, to the, whatever that may be. But what you see in the life of this person is he takes it to the Lord. And here's why. And it's those verses that Renee talked about. Even in the midst, whether it's discipline, that's that's what's going on here, for their own sin, or in the midst of just struggle, I am going to remember and recall. That's the next verses in, in verse 20, 19 and 20. I'm going to remember and I'm going to recall who God is. And you just see what he lists here for us, that his compassions never fail. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord will not reject forever his abundant kindness. In the midst of suffering, I'm going to trust his mercy. Now think about that. Everything around him is gone. Think about where some of us are today the loss of loved ones or, or for many of us who want to gather here we can't be in this house today because we're at risk right now the national average is about 25 30% of the church is back gathered together most of us can't be i've called a couple of other large methodist churches and they're 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 at 20% or 25% the national average is about 30 where we are it's it's a hard season to be uh, outside the house of God with God's people, even though we're never never really separated. Don't miss me on that. But it's a hard season. And then you, you look at just where we are, maybe in struggles with culture and is our faith being attacked, but then also, you just as you heard in Bible study last week from Dr. Joe Martin, last century, do the math, more Christians were killed for their faith in last century than all the other centuries combined. There is heartbreak everywhere for most believers. As I shared with you a couple of years ago, I went to a conference. Many of us watched the New Room conference on YouTube. I encourage you to watch that. They had a Friday night event. But a couple of years ago, just listening to an Egyptian pastor talk about his life in a country where there's persecution everywhere, and and, and to hear him say, what you call persecution, I call Monday. Just hurt everywhere, persecution everywhere. And so we're in this season of, of struggle as they were in a season of struggle. And what he can say, whether it's struggle or doubt or running or even open rebelling, he can say that God is still good, that his compassions will not fail. If you do the math on this book, nobody talks about hope more in the Old Testament than lamentations, pound for pound. And by the way, the other books where you get this word hope showing up, a deeper saturation of that word anywhere else, you want to take a wild guess where you find it? Jeremiah, a prophet who can't stop crying. Psalms, Psalms which are full of lament over and over again. My enemies have risen up against me. I have been in a pit. It's hope. There is hope in the Lord over and over again. And by the way, the other book is Job. It's where you find just the deepest concentration of that word, hope. And that's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for us in the midst of this as we struggle with whatever's going on at work, whatever's going on with family, whatever's going on with friendship, as we struggle through this as a church. Y'all, it's a struggle. When can we do this? When can we do that? It's a real struggle, I know. In the midst of it, this author would say to the people of God, he's there. He's there. He's good. His compassions will not fail you. You May not feel it. May not sense it. But his testimony to us when all was gone before him, he's not going anywhere. He will return. And that's how it actually ends our passage. Now listen, as we do this work and we go through this book, we've got to be honest with ourselves. After... After we hear about his goodness in the midst of, of, of struggle, you can either go to chapter 5, 16, or you can go to chapter 3, verse 40. Their, their struggles because of their sin. And when you read Lamentations, you can't miss that. You've got to be confronted by that. Chapter 1, Chapter 2 is kind of this communal confession. We have done this. But chapter 3, you've kind of got this isolated, this author saying, Yeah, we did that, but I am a part of that. Have any of you seen that picture of that dog on Facebook or social media? He's got his head bowed down in shame. He's got one paw lifted up. It was me. I let the dogs out. <laughs> Is this Jeremiah? Jeremiah? Probably it was me. Are you kidding? Look what all these people did. They got what was coming to them. Have you read what their lives were like and you prayed and you cried for years? It was me. And anytime we come to a scripture like this, it's right for us to ask that questions of ourselves and say, "See, Lord, don't you see me, don't you see me? Hey Lord. Also, chapter three, verse 40, would you see me? <laughs> Not just what's going around me, but would you, chapter 3, verse 40, would you examine me? Would you probe my ways? We have to let him do that work. It's not just chapter 1-8 that Jerusalem sinned, but here in our text today, down to verse 42, we sinned. He owned it. Do you remember Danny Foley from a couple of years ago? ACC basketball uh, championship game, Virginia versus Duke. You remember, Danny, on the court looking sharp with that Virginia-colored orange tie, sharp suit that he had picked up from Walmart the night before. He was a student at Virginia, and for just a few bucks at Walmart, he picked out a suit that looked just like the Virginia coaches. He bought nosebleed tickets for only 30 bucks to get into that championship game during the first or second quarter, made his way down to the court, and snuck on the court. You can find pictures of him today. On Google's, just hanging out with Mike Krzyzewski and other players. He was there to the end of the game, even took a picture with the team. I think he got a championship T-shirt. Finally, the Virginia staff, in just the chaos of that moment in the championship picture, finally realized who he was and tried to grab him, but he jumped over the rail and made it out, and no one caught him. You can't do that in a lament. You can't fake it like Danny did and you can't run away like Danny did. When we come to a passage like this, it is right for the people of God to say, Lord, look into my life and help me to own my part. Now, I'm trusting in your mercy. I hope you hear that first, that the Lord always wants to return. The Lord's compassions never fail, but we've got to let the Lord as well to do that work. Not just to say, see what's going on around me, which he does. But Lord, what's going on? What's going on in here? Would you look at that? Would you look at that and have your way and your work here? And the reason we really can trust him with that, because almost every page of lamentation is pointing us to Jesus. It's reminding us of not only who he is, but what he went through for us. Like Jeremiah, Jesus also weeps over Jerusalem like these sinners here who earned their affliction and being despised Jesus was afflicted and he was despised though he knew no sin you go back to chapter 1 verse 8 and it says that Jerusalem's nakedness was put on display and you and I know that that when Jesus went to his cross in that holy city of Jerusalem his nakedness was put on display the enemies rejoiced over fallen Jerusalem in chapter 2, 27, and Jesus' enemies did the same thing. There was no comfort left because the people had gone in chapter 1, verse 2, and Scripture testifies not just Peter, but all the disciples abandoned Jesus. Chapter 5, verse 3, they are like orphans, and Jesus cries out on his cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me. All of that for one not deserving it so that he could give himself for the sins and the rebellion of those who did deserve it. We, we look at our own hurt and we look at our own suffering. We cannot doubt the heart of God for us when we look at the cross. Verse 40. Let us examine our ways, but then right after that, what does it say? Let us return to the Lord. Throughout this book, they have no rest. Oh, it would be my prayer this morning, you would rest in Jesus. Uh, throughout this book, you would think they have no hope, but our hope is in Jesus. Uh, throughout this book, these people are running from the Lord, but what we get here is this word a few times for us, return. Return to the Lord. Maybe in this season, like these people, you have been lonely. Uh, Maybe in this season, you have been struggling. What we hear as I read these last few verses from our chapter, hear this verse, and may it lead us in our response. I called out, I called on your name, O Lord, out of the lowest pit, and you have heard my voice. Do not hide your ear from my prayer for relief, from my cry for help. You drew near when I called on you, and you said, do not fear. O oh Lord, you have pleaded my soul's cause. You have redeemed my life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this difficult book, which reminds us again that even though you love us and we love you, uh, there are real struggles in this world. Father, I do pray for us that as we have known your hope and we have known your rest and we have known your presence and we have known your redemption through Christ, that we would be a people whose eyes are open to see the hurt around us, to be your relief, to be your hope, to be your help, to be your comfort. Father, stir in in us to be a people of prayer for others. Stir in us a passion, a compassion uh, for others to to be that in a world that's scrambling with ways uh, to try to get through and to press through. But Father, as well, this morning, bless our remembering and our recalling of who you are, a God whose compassion never fails, a God of great faithfulness. Help us not to doubt that even in a time of hurt or struggle or doubt, Father, would you help us to trust you and your word this morning of your great love and care for us. Holy Spirit, we're open to the things that you would want to, to show to us. That there are places in our heart, in our minds, in our attitudes, in our lives where we have walked, where we have rebelled, where we have been the cause of our own struggle. Uh, We want to see those things. Help us to see the grace of Christ, that that abundant loving kindness, but also uh, examine our ways, we pray. Help us to repent so that, that's the heart of this, so that we might be restored, that the presence of God uh, would be uh, our gift and our our great uh, joy. We thank you for this, your word. Bless now our response to it. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we leave this morning, we do want to remind you on this side, if you all would go from the front row out, if you're on this side, if you'll start on the back row and go out. Uh, if, if there's any of you that need to pray or talk, following the service. I'd love to do that social distance. And so the pastors will remain uh, in the sanctuary. But for everybody else, if we can just socially distance and move out as quickly as we can. Okay, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you have joined us uh, for worship with us online as well. Let's stand for the benediction. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with us now and always.